Welcome everyone back to the pod. I am Fallon Jordan and I'm so excited and delighted to have an amazing guest today. We're meeting with Andrew Alamar. And I'm so sorry if I didn't say that perfectly. <laughs> to reflect your amazing essence. <laughs> Thank you. It's fine. A lot of people mess it up. Um, it's Andrew Oral Alamar. I recently changed it from Oral Andrew Alamar just because I wanted to step more into the, the masculine Love. Andro is more of the masculine part of that name. So I switched it to Andro Oro Alamar. Um, so I can step into that more this year. I love that. And that's so funny for, you know, some of my OGs who might be listening because like literally just in the past week, have I like fully owned, like I am Fallon Jordan and like mm-hmm. claimed that as my name versus like these other names that I was using, thinking they were the magical, mag- magical marketing wand when it's like no it's your name and I think it's so fun that you are making that conscious decision like I'm gonna change it and like shift things up as I'm shifting and changing which I think is so cool exactly yeah it was a long journey um I had to consult with an astrologist um who helped me figure out the name and triple a being one and the energy of getting things done cool. um one one and aaa being like the first letter yeah, yeah so it took a while I'm still kind of like I guess on the fence about the name, just because I want something that's like unique and powerful and has all these powerful meanings. And it's from dead languages that you just don't hear often and all this stuff. And I want something really, really spectacular, but this so far has been something that really, really fits me and feels good and has changed my life so far really, really well for last year and this year. So a hundred percent. And I mean, I'm in the world where like, you know, most of the people I follow are doing podcasts and summits. And it's like every other post on my social is a graphic of something and then people's name and like you're stood out out of the hundreds that I see every day. So I hope that that, yeah, that lands. Um, So I'm really excited to dive into your story because you grew up with a family of psychics. Yeah. You grew up in haunted places. You were afraid of spirits and you described your family as scary, which I definitely can relate to that. And (laughs) that was like, like just your journey of like claiming all of that and that being part of your story, I think is so cool. So if you just kind of want to dive in, like, you know, when the gifts turned on, when you claimed them, and then when people started reaching out to you for family healing, especially, I know you said addiction phobia, social anxiety, and narcissism. Yeah. And to be honest, those are all very hot topics and like always yeah. will be until more people are doing this work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I'll start at the beginning. Um, I did grow up in haunted houses and my family are all psychics or healers of some sort. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, it turned on early. Um, early on, I was seeing spirits. Early on, I was seeing black beings in the corner of my eye. Just like everybody, when you're like in a house and you're alone and you see something like fly across the room or yeah. you see this black figure in the corner of your eye or you look in the hallway and something is standing there and you're like, holy shit, I'm about to die. Um, yeah. And then you find out it's just a spirit. Um, but yeah, it started very, very early. It's, it's, as soon as I could gain, as soon as I could speak and understand that there was a world beyond what we see mm-hmm. is when it started is when wow. I started to kind of understand that there was more to me than most people. So as, as early as I could possibly fathom um, kind of spiritual stuff was happening, ghosts, spirits, again, black figures. But the thing about that is I'll start with this is my grandmother. She's a, a very powerful, like 
spiritualist, but not a practicing spiritualist, spiritualist, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, she would always, we would always have this tall black top hat figure in our house that would watch us. And we never knew what the hell it was. We're like, it, it, it's very bold and in our face. Like here, I'm here, I'm watching you. This is who I am. This is where I am. I'm in your hallway. I'm in your bedroom, I'm in your bathroom. I'm here. We never understood why though. So we're living in fear all this time. We're thinking we're about to get burglarized or worse um, or made into a, a, a skin lamp. Um, and we find out that it's our grandma. Mm-hmm. And it comes whenever she's away. Um, whenever she's gone, she wants to make sure we're safe. So she'll kind of summon this figure to watch over us to ensure that we're safe or okay and nothing is happening to the family. Wow. So one day we decide to call her and say, hey, we're safe and the figure vanishes. And that I think is like one of my very first real experiences in my teenage years, my very, very early teenage years, like 13, 14. Um, that's when I really could get a good grasp on like the spiritual one. That's when I really understood, hey, this is what this is. Um, I think even bef- like even before that, I, I my aunt was very powerful in the psychic world and was, was gaining notoriety in the psychic world. But I never really gave notice to it. I never really... I never really, I guess I could say cared for it just because it was so scary to me. It was yeah. so foreign to me. And we kind of get kind of gave her like the brand as a witch, which was really horrible at the time. Yeah. Um, because we didn't know any better. Um, yeah. I didn't know any better as someone who was born into a family of this and, and going on to figure out that they were having worse spiritual experiences where my mother told me that when I was younger, there was a woman standing over my crib um playing with a rattle with me. Um yeah. And she left. And as she was coming back into the room with my aunt, they both saw it. So again, it happened very, very early for me. And it was just one of the earliest experiences I could ever imagine. But going on to my the rest of my journey, spiritual things always have happened to me. Um, and my intuition just developed that much more stronger as the years kind of, I guess, took their place in my life. Um, and my intuition just got stronger and stronger and stronger to where like I don't get lost. <laughs> like I don't get lost anywhere we went to Burning Man and if you know anything about Burning Man it's a desert just yeah. desert, miles and miles of desert and one time I got lost um there in the deepest depths of the desert and ended up finding my way back and again if you know anything about Burning Man it's all tents attractions and stuff like that there's there's not much way you can learn like it, it's it's difficult to kind of like navigate the place if you yeah. don't truly know it. And I, my right. first time, I went off exploring, got lost, and found my way back. And that just happens all the time. It happened in Mexico when I went on trip. When I went on the trip, and it wow. just happens in my life to where I don't get lost. I always find my way back somehow to my house or to wherever I need to go. Um, but yeah, again, it, it it's weird that. Um, throughout my life, it, the intuition has grown to such a powerful level now to where I've become um, a professional psychic. So cool. But yeah. The yeah. rattle thing's kind of trippy because I remember when I was little, like that was like a common thing and you don't see that anymore. And mm-hmm. I, I have friends who are shamans and they actually create rattles mm-hmm. like with the guides of the baby and like mm-hmm. these very sacred things that actually help get rid of dark entities. So I think that's very interesting. And I just wanted to share that because I think there's people like, oh yeah, rattles, like that was a mm-hmm. thing. It's, yeah. it's 
a thing that it's not a thing now. And we wonder why, like, I think there's a lot of obviously small hints of why there's like more stuff coming out right now. And that was just one that like really stuck in my head when uh, a colleague was talking about that. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's interesting how certain things come up, especially when you feel like they're not around anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And they kind of give you a little bit of like spiritual nudge to look deeper at what's happening. Yeah. Um, So I like that, but it always felt like the spirits around me were never bad. Um, Even though I was definitely afraid of them and always, it never really felt like they were bad. And I always have been very, very protected, Um, which is just wild to me because I never felt like the best person. So I'm like, why are you here? You know? Um, (laughs) But yeah, it, I love that stuff like that happens because it gives you kind of like a nudge to understand that there's something looking out for you um, and that the world isn't such a scary place and neither are things you can't see. Yeah, I love that. That's wild about the top hat man too. I was wondering how my cat was going to react because he's had a man in a top hat following him mm. for many, many lives. Mm-hmm. And we finally got to the bottom of it a few months ago and it was like a very significant past life trauma and um as of a few days ago the guy is finally gone <laughs> mm. okay i love that i love that your cat is having this that experience yeah just because i understand that cats live kind of like in a duality all the time they live in between yeah. worlds yeah so they're they're very open to the spirit world and i love that so much i know it's interesting what i mean i love all animals i really do but like it's just so interesting when I started learning more about what, like the things that you just said. And I'm like, oh yeah, like my cat definitely sleeps, sleeps a lot more than my dog ever did. And like, mm-hmm. cats definitely sleep more than dogs. And it's because they're in the astral so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no one from my cat gives me more insight than my dog did. My dog was just like very much in the 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like dogs come here for unconditional love. Cats yeah. here come for, our cats come here for like expansion and peace and just to be wild. Yeah. in like the best way possible exactly yeah I love that so much yeah so we're recording this February 1st and I don't know about you but like I woke up like fucking ready to go today like there's like, <laughs> you feel like this month's gonna be like extra extra magical I do I feel like the year's gonna be extra magical just because I think that we're in a year of eight astrologically um and the the, the number eight is abundant so I feel like all, I feel it all year but I feel like you have to be open to it Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the year is set to be very abundant for everyone who was open to experience it. Um, cool. and to be open, you have to do the healing work. You have to make sure that you're in the paradigm of openness to abundance and prosperity. Um, and you have to understand that it's your birthright to be abundant and prosperous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, this year is going to be great. This month is going to be great, but I think it'll only be great for you if you're open to that greatness and if you're willing to do the work to get off your ass and do it. (laughs) I'm kind of at the style where I'm like totally fine ruffling feathers, but also like lighting a fire under people's asses because I'm like, it's the year of eight, it's the year of abundance. So you can either have an abundance of problems and scarcity and like trouble, or you can have an abundance of good things. Like you are the one in the driver's seat. (laughs) Definitely, definitely, definitely. I, I think it's one thing we have to consider, or not consider, but we have to realize is like our world is only as powerful as we make it or only as good as we make it. So if we're always focused on crap, that's what we're going to get. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's easy to be stuck in your old paradigms. Um, but I think the energy of this year is really like 
aggressive. It's like, you really need to do something this year. You really need to get that business started. You really need to 10X your business. You really need to 10X your, your income. You really need to 10X your client base. It's it, The year feels like pressure yeah. in a sense, to get everything together and ready and, and moving more than it feels like you can just sit. Usually yeah. like I'm, I'm relatively lazy and I don't want to do anything because I have whatever paradigms come up. <laughs> but the healing has been like nonstop shadow work every day, healing, healers, yeah. talking with people, um, change, things that are coming up that I just didn't realize were still stuck in my paradigm, in my body, in my unconscious that are coming up like crazy. Um, my pen is always moving because of the constant realizations. Um, yeah, I want this year to be like the year of like coaches and really changing my life for the better. I, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, that's amazing. So I'm curious just because some of the things that I learned about you like kind of stuck out. Um, I would love to hear your take because people talk about alcohol is called a spirit because it lets in spirits. And then of course, like you're dealing with your demons when you're dealing with like drug addiction and like there's those generalization stigmas. I would love to hear some of the work that you've done and some of the people you've healed and like I mean, I would love to, you're an expert. So I would love to <laughs> take all of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the part that I left out earlier was my kind of origin story into healing. Um, growing up in a psychic family, you, it doesn't have, it, it's not without its issues. Right. Um, my mother was a narcissist, a drug addict, and very, very abusive. So I grew up in that world. Um, I grew up in a world where I didn't know who I was because you, you can't when you're living with a narcissist. You can't know who you are when the narcissist feels like God and when the narcissist has power over every aspect of your life right. and when they don't they take that power yeah. um so I know I know that, that world very well I, I was raised and babysat by people who did crack regularly um I even had a taste of crack when I was in my very very younger years which is is scary as hell but thank uh, God I'm not like on the streets doing it you know yeah. um <laughs> but not funny, but funny for me. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I think growing up in one of the worst situations you can possibly live in as a child coming up, very sensitive, very emotional, and not having the freedom to be all of those things. And not only that, to be a human beyond what you can do servitude-wise for that person who is God in your life, that mm -hmm. narcissist, um, was really kind of the, I would say the beginning of my healing and my healing work. So at 18, I finally escaped the narcissist. Um, and I moved in with a friend and the healing began. Yay. So I got certified as a Theta healer. Um, and Theta now is like the basis of everything I do. So it's the base of my psychic work. It's the base of my own healing. It's the base of the work that I do with other people. Um, and the thing that kind of like exemplifies Theta healing is digging. I mean, getting to the root cause of everything in your life. Holy shit, my lighting. Sorry. <laughs> like, we're paying attention to you. This is important. <laughs> I don't know why I just brightened up like that. But anyways. I love um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I got started. And that's weird. It's too strong. That's so weird. It does so not. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, like, it would be worth going to YouTube and watching because this shit mm -hmm. is, like, really trippy. And it's amazing yeah. right now. It's weird how it, it does not do it. Like my light is kind of like, it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. 
and it does not change unless I physically touch it. So yeah. it changing is weird in the middle of it. Something's happening. Someone's here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so um, I, I start. I got my start in data healing at 18 when I finally was out of my parents' house and finally left the narcissistic abuse. It was like, it was weird because it was like a, 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 a coming together of everything, like a, a great explosion in the household. Yeah. We had gone to learn data healing at a friend's house and we came back and my mom went crazy and turned the entire house against myself and my aunt who were doing this together at the same time. And practically... We couldn't do anything else but leave because at that point it was at a point where we were in very physical danger, very real physical danger as in like her husband was like a a, a prisoner. He had a propensity to shoot and my brother was on the same path as my mother. Just crazy. So -hmm. we came home and they were waiting for us because she had convinced them that we were talking crap about them at a healing event, which is crazy. And at that point, we had to make the decision to leave or not be safe and continue this cycle for the rest of our lives. So we left and we left together. And that was the real beginning of my practice as a theta healer and my practice in healing people who have addictions, who have nar- who come from narcissistic abuse and who want to survive it. Um, and that's when people started coming to me because they understood my story um, as a practitioner and I kind of began to sell myself as a baby healer um, and work with people who went to the same things. Um, and it's wild when you go through this, you never really understand that there are other people who go through the same thing at a level, the same at or worse. Um, I think the weirdest thing about going through abuse or, or trauma is that like, you tell yourself it could be worse. It could have been worse. I could have been like trapped in a cage or sex trafficked or whatever. It could have been way worse. Um, and at least, like you use that as a way to kind of like negate how bad it really was or how bad it was for you. Because again, there are people who have it so much worse. Um, but I think that's where you can begin your healing is understanding that your bad is still bad. And it's mm-hmm. okay to understand that your bad was bad. So oh. yeah, I see that a lot. Like PTSD is PTSD. Like yeah. it, it, there, there is to me like there, yes, there's like, you know, I got to meet Charlie Plum, who was like captain for like six years and as a POW. And like his story was crazy, but like it was part of his own contract and he decided to grow and heal. And now he speaks around the world about resilience and like us all having our own little cells where we tell ourselves that like the things that we want in our life are not possible. Yeah. So, I appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people, that's like their first immediate response as coping is like, well, it could have been worse. It could have been mm-hmm. this, goodness. and I'm totally guilty of that 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you dig down and you're like, nope, like we're meant to be born and to be nurtured and to be loved and appreciated and treated, you know, like the little miracles that we are. And when you're not like, you know, PTSD is PTSD. Yeah. And I think another thing about that is like, the thing that really helped me was understanding that it's okay and safe to take up space Mm -hmm. Um, in any capacity that you want to take up space. I think I lived my life being so afraid to take up space that it it, it showed up in a very tangible way in my clothes, in my stature. I'm very, very tall. So I would always like hunch over or or try to bring myself in so that I was big everywhere Um, or that I wasn't imposing because again, I'm, I'm very tall, very big. 
So when I'm around, people kind of look at me like, holy shit, what is that? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, I've always lived that lifestyle of kind of like trying to diminish myself, um, even my big charismatic energy. Um, I always felt it because it always felt dangerous. Am I glitching? A little bit. Sorry, what is going on today? <laughs> I was going to pull out my pendulum and clear some shit. <laughs> that would be awesome. So uh, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> and I'll do some a little bit of like healing. Yeah, I love when I don't even have to ask her. She's just like immediately going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I never have these technical issues like ever. And the light keeps going like in and out of color. That's so, that is so weird. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, I love my... it. <laughs> um glitch song is like permanently stuck in my head when <laughs> things like this happen so thank you because I love that song <laughs> weird yeah so what are some common themes that you see with people who are suffering from addiction like do you see like um certain like entities or certain like core issues like mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't answer your question. Okay. Um, I'll answer that question first and then I'll kind of go back into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of common issues I see with addiction. Usually when I work with people with addiction, I see them running from something. Mm -hmm. That is my the biggest thing is I see them running from something. Okay. Um did it freeze again? It froze again, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you hear anything or or should I say it again? Yeah, I heard you. Okay. Um, yeah, the biggest thing I see with people who are suffering from addiction is they're running from something or someone or some experience that happened to them. Um, usually a deep shame, a deep guilt, um, a deep trauma that happened from a family or parent. Um, but usually shame and guilt, those are the, real, the two biggest power, the biggest and most powerful things. Yeah. Often also I see anger too. Some people run from anger um, and they tend to be very, very angry people which is like the weirdest thing ever. Cause like when they're drunk, they're like, or drunk or high or whatever, they're fun, nice, yeah. all these good things. When they're not, they're just angry at whatever happens to them. Um, so yeah, addiction, or when I find somebody who has addiction, it's usually because they're either running or hiding from something. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand or help them understand what that is and that it's safe to address it. And then I make a space for them to feel safe addressing it. Um, but yeah, I, those are the really the biggest, biggest things. Shame, guilt, running, hiding, anger. Um, and usually I, I will attack that ancestrally um, or lineage wise, just because a lot of the times, and this is a really big thing to say, is a lot of the times when, when things show up in your life, especially like big patterns that you cannot break, they do not belong to you. Um, yeah. They belong to a, a lineage, a person in your lineage who have this and who pass it on to you. So you can get things from your lineage that pass on to you, like anger, abuse, um, contracts of poverty, um, sexual abuse, all this stuff. Things come from your lineage are, are, and are very present in your lineage sometimes that are passed on from your grandmother to your mother to you. Um, so a lot of times if you suffer these things, it's probably because someone in your lineage had suffered it as well and passed on kind of that conditioning of suffering to you. And you may have to work through that. Or find someone to help you. Yeah. Work <laughs> 100%. And that's, I'm so glad you shared that because, um, I mean, there's places that charge a ridiculous amount of money for addiction treatment and they're not looking at this stuff. And yeah. 
And most of the time, that's what it is, you know? I think it's a good thing to go to these places and talk to them because you you get very tangible data yeah. that it's safe to talk about it. So it's good in that aspect, but I think energy healing is the best way to go because you don't really have to talk about it. They'll see it usually. They'll go in, they'll go within you and find it and help you uproot it. But you still have to deal with the powerful emotions attached to it. You still have to deal with the anger. You still have to deal with the sadness, the rage, the PTSD, the yada, yada, yada. You have to deal with all that still. Um, but I think it's a little bit easier when someone is able to uproot it from your very soul, your core, um, someone who can take it out of your lineage so that you're not suffering this as you continue on your life. And so that you're not passing on to your kids if you have them or if you're going to have them or if you plan on having That's my biggest thing is if I ever plan on have or planned on having kids, I would want my lineage clean and clear of all the things that kind of have been like planted in there by my lineage because I don't want them to have the things that hold me back or held me back. Yeah. Or the that keep me in whatever negative emotional state that I have been stuck into. Because again, a lot of the stuff that I was stuck into did not belong to me. The depression, anxiety, abuse, the thinking I wasn't inadequate, the believing that my life is worthless. Um, none of that was mine, even though I was kind of conditioned to it in this life, it came from my mom. So I kind of had my own present conditioning and I had the, the lineage conditioning from her. So, and my father. Um, because both of them never really felt like enough and both of them were, were, were highly and presently addicted to drugs. So um, I had all that in my DNA um, and had to work through it over like a decade. And I think even I'm going to probably still be working on it for the rest of my life um, so I can be a better human and, and not be a monster. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think healing is a... a, a a continuous journey. I think a lot of people are kind of trying to like beat the stigma of it being, you have to always be healing. Um, sorry to go on a tangent, but don't be uh, sorry. This is amazing. I think a lot of people are, don't want to do healing because they think it's never ending or they don't want to start because they think it's, you have to be always healing, but you don't have to always be healing. I think my, my belief is you always, you always have to be healing because you always have to be better. Um, but I think the consensus is that you shouldn't always have to do healing. You should you should heal and then move on from whatever it is and still live a great life and still find happiness and joy. Um, but I think that requires healing to get there if you're not there yet, obviously. Yeah. I love the comparison of like, you know, like a home, right? Like you have to kind of go into all the rooms, go through all the shit that you don't want to, but you got to do it. Then... You can either completely fix the house or you can tear the house down and build a new one. So that there's a little bit of going through stuff you don't want to. There's a little bit of digging up stuff, but then you need to build it. And then, you know, do you want to continue adding on and making it bigger? You want to upgrade to something bigger and better? Like you can do that. But yeah. it's just so interesting that we we do think that. But that's also part of the programming of money, right? I'm always going to be having to work until... Mm -hmm depend on the government <laughs> to support me after I quote unquote retire, which means I'm going to be doing literally nothing and just letting my brain rot until I get dementia. So mm -hmm. like when we think of healing and we think of money and we think of purpose, like they're all related. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I know somebody who thinks that way. Like if I start, I'm not going to ever stop. Like 
think of how that comes up in your relationships. Think of that, how it comes up with your relationship with money. And if you're living your purpose or not, and, you know, doing your missions work because they're all interconnected and you're here for a reason. And like, why not be the best version of yourself? And if at the end of the day, you're like, I could have done such and such better. Like you just forgive yourself and move on. Like, it's not a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you to like, think that you have to just always be healing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like doing quote unquote, doing the work as in doing, like there's sometimes where like, especially some of my clients who've just been go, go, go. And they do everything for everyone else at the time. And I say like, what would happen if you went away for two days to a cabin, you hung out in nature, and then you just like binged a couple of your favorite shows without anyone bothering you. They're like, I don't know if I could do that. I would feel guilty. And then we Mm -hmm. dig into the guilt. And then it's like, that literally is one of the healing things. Like yeah. you have to just do um like therapy, passive regression, energy thing for everything. Like you can literally use the things that bring you joy mm-hmm. and relaxation as the healing. Yeah. And again, like, that's just that guilt programming and things can't be that easy programming when yeah, exactly. it's like things can be easy and they can be fun. Mm-hmm. And, and healing can be easy because all you, all healing is, is awareness. 80% of healing is awareness. Yeah. Um, as long as you know what the issue is, then you can work through it. But I think if you're having issues where you're worried about everything you just said, I think the biggest thing is to find out why. Mm-hmm. Why are you guilty about giving yourself time? Why are you guilty about living in your happiness? Why are you guilty about taking time away? And why do you feel like you have to work your ass off in order to survive? Yeah. Exactly. Um, once you get to the root of them. Again, do the work. All you really need is awareness. Write it down somewhere. And and if you feel like it comes up again, go back to it and, and, and go a little bit deeper. Um, but I think that's just my kind of like thing is because again, I started off with data healing um at my spirit at the beginning of my spiritual journey. So my thing is always digging. I always have to find the root of something. Um, because again, I I don't like repeating old patterns, even yeah. if I sometimes. So yeah, I think the thing is to find the root of why you're doing whatever you're doing on a repeated basis. Um, and keep exploring it. But again, it's not difficult and you don't have to do it every single day. You don't have to be Guru Pitka or Mother Teresa yeah. or whoever. You don't have to be any of these people. You just have to be growing every single day. And that's spiritually, physically, financially, relationship-wise, mentally, all these things. I love that. So I pulled cards for us at some point when you were sharing something and I mm. pulled the increased awareness card hmm. and I also pulled the remove attachments to outcome card. I love that. I have been pulling this freaking card forever. So hopefully <laughs> this isn't for me. And it's for those of you who are listening. <laughs> if, if it is for me, I am I am definitely doing that. I am <laughs> letting things go and giving it to God to handle. Um, yeah. But it's so funny. I love these cards. I just. It's I think that was for me a little bit because I, I've been focused lately on how I can increase my abilities mm. and my connectedness. Um oh. And I've been also worried about how I can get my business to a place that makes me happier. So those cards definitely speak to me in a sense of telling me not to focus on the outcome because I do focus a lot on the outcome of like where it's going to come from. Or I'll think about like, how am I going to get the income I want and where is it going to come from? Like, is it going to come from my business or product I create or whatever? Um, I do worry a lot about the income. So I, I think that card spoke to me just a little bit too. If it spoke to anybody else, raise your hand. Or, but yeah. 
that. So, um, I would just like, if you're open to a little bit of advice, like just joy, creativity, play, like, you know, this, right. Mm -hmm. But like, I have a friend and I tell her this all the time and then she still just keeps doing 3d work. And I'm like, this isn't aligned action. Yeah. Come paint with me. Come hang out with me. <laughs> Watch a funny movie. Like it's just, um, and I can totally relate. Even today I got a reading, um, any Scorpios or anyone with Scorpio in their chart, um, the release attachment to outcome is like huge for us this month. And if we can do it, like crazy, amazing miracles are going to open up. So I love that. Yeah. Really good thing for Scorpios who are listening to understand and maybe even fire signs. Um, yeah. Because I think a lot of times you guys are kind of like similar to other fire signs in an aspect of like what is time to let go of and work through. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the fire signs are relatively similar in what they have to endure to a yeah. degree. It's just funny because I get to listen to this stuff and like a lot of it sounded as if it was like letting go a possible romantic person that like, you know, isn't good for you, but you're still stuck on them. And mm -hmm. it's so funny that like, that's one, what one person hears. And like me, I'm immediately thinking of my business. I'm like, my business is my romantic partner. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is the only thing that matters right now. Exactly, exactly. I love that. <laughs> so speaking of which, do you have any exciting offers right now? Or what are ways that people can work with you? Um, if you want to work with me, you can shoot me an email. Or I would say go to my website, but I'm really scatterbrained when it comes to my website's name and I'm just or knowing it by heart, which is really dumb. I should really get <laughs> that together. But I'm right now I'm doing a summit. Fun. I'm working on a summit for uh March. It's gonna release on March 15th and yeah. about understanding the healing power of love. So it, it was for February because February obviously is a month of love. Yeah. Um and I wanted to release it February, but it just wasn't enough time. And I kind of started a little bit late. So things are going to be unveiled, I'll say, March 15th. Yay, um, I'm yeah. now, and I'm excited to have people who want to like watch it come on. Yeah. And information on love in all aspects, because it, it compiles a lot of people, coaches, relationship coaches, intimacy coaches, coaches, um, People who have autism, transgender people, non-binary people, other gay people, just everyone who has an idea about love um, and like, I guess the lens indifference that love has will be on there. Um, there'll be so many perspectives. Amazing. Cool. Well, definitely we'll put the link below for you guys so you can get involved. And then I'll probably just send a little email or a post just inviting people. Cause I love summit summits is like literally what helped me get into this field. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited mm -hmm. that that's awesome. And thank you for letting me share that. And also I drew two cards also, um, for my tarot deck. Um, and I drew one from my, um, curse word tarot deck. So if you don't oh. like being cursed at, you might not want to, <laughs> excited continue listening but the two cards that I picked are kind of cryptic so they're going to need me like to explain them a little bit okay um because my my deck is like it's an African deck cool African. You see it? wow I love that and I love this deck just because it feels like it feels like it connects me a little bit and it's my yeah. the, first, the first deck I've ever bought with my own money that just feels oh. like that's like your baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So I'll do the swear one first. Yay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> it's 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 abrasive. So get ready if you're watching and listening. Get ready. Okay. It says it's kind of backwards. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> it says the idiot is fucking clueless, and it's the two of pinnacles. <sighs> okay. <laughs> oh my god, I need to get that deck because I'm like just getting into tarot and like I have my little instruction book. Like that's that's my style. I love that. <laughs> it's the um the square deck from Etsy. So you'll probably you'll find oh, it there. Fun. Yeah. You'll find it there if um if they still have it in stock, but I think I bought the last one. So yeah, go there and check it out. Um but that card it usually means that or when I when I get the card for people or collective, it usually means not the most aggressive thing that it says it feels aggressive and it is very aggressive because it's calling you an idiot yeah but it, it just means that you feel lost mm. or you may feel lost and it's time for you to get clarity on where you're lost Love it's that. time for you to figure out what you need to do to live your best life and your best version it's time for you to get clear on that it's time for you to do the work to get your life ready for all the things that you desire the most um, i think you know what that is whoever's listening whoever's watching um but I think it's time and it's calling you an idiot because I think in this moment you may feel clueless about where to go or how to do it um and the card is also urging you to not be that not be an idiot to to find the clarity you want to and understand that it's easy to find that clarity and once you get clear move forward I love that. Yeah, that definitely resonates for me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then these two cards are very, very cryptic. Um, if you can see them, I don't want to move close and like blur it or anything, but oh, there you go. Okay. I see some swords. I see a goat. I see some wolves. I'll do one at a time, see if I can get closer. Okay, there we go. Ah. And then I disappear. Magical. <laughs> Then here's this one. Got it. Okay. Okay, so I'll do the um the first one, or the, the three of wands with the goat underneath the coyotes. I mean, the goat near the hyenas. Um, This card is the three of wands. And this one is exploration, discovery, boldness, decisiveness, um, and the readiness of spirit. Um, The goat has his horns bared, ready to fight the hyenas. He's ready to fight any adversity to get where he wants to go and get what he wants. Um, he's ready to fight any adversity to he or she or they or them, whatever. Um, <laughs> they're ready to fight any adversity to get what they want. And I feel like that's the energy of this year. It is mm -hmm. time for you to fight any adversity to get where you need to go. Yeah. Um, and I think also it, 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 the card to me feels like things look scarier than they actually are. Because you walk past hyenas all the time and they do nothing but bark and laugh. Yeah. Um, and usually hyenas are relatively a pack animal. So they're not going to attack you unless all of them attack you. Um, so I think in this aspect, um, it's time for you to brave the adversity, whatever you believe the adversity might be and continue moving forward and understand that it's not as scary as you think it is. And that's this card again. I love that. But I love cryptics because it really helps me paint a picture. And I am a very creative yeah. picture telling person. So, yeah. <laughs> so cool. And the next card is the Eight of Swords. And this one is kind of like scary a little bit because, oh, why am I disappearing? What the hell? 
Okay, so there's, there's a werewolf in the background and there's a man running around the circle. It's almost like he's being chased around this circle. Um, but he has everything in front of him to succeed. Um, again, it, it, it's, it's a lot like the, same, the the first card. It's like you're facing adversity and you're more afraid than you actually should be. You're more afraid than... The way I want to say it is you're more afraid of what is out there than than what really is out there, if that makes any sense. Like you're, yeah. like you're afraid of what if this in, in aviancy happens when these things are really not possible. Like you know yeah. that you're someone who is protected. You know that you're someone who is gifted. You know that you have these abilities, but you don't truly believe them. And it's time for you to believe them. So this card is more so about empowerment and empowering yourself. Um and writing your own story, making your own version and vision the way that you truly want it to be. Uh, I think now is, this year is a really great year for that to happen, um, for you to really create everything that you want. Um, again, by getting clear and understanding what you truly want and putting your best foot forward to do so. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I literally had a werewolf like dream the other night. Oh snap! That and the best part, part is that the person who came to rescue me was Larry David, who I love. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm to come out. I literally put it on my calendar like months ago. Like, <laughs> what I'll be doing. <laughs> I think it's going to be a great year, um, not just for Curb Your Enthusiasm, but yeah. <laughs> everyone who is ready for it. Um, so now I just got to get ready. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and your beauty and your insight and just your really cool, unique story. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thank you for letting me share all these things. Um, I hope that I, I gave enough today for people to kind of get a good grasp on who I am and what I've been through and what I do. Um, and I hope that they enjoy the interview. I hope Thank you enjoyed it. I will. I mean, there's like so much crazy, amazing energy. Like I'm so excited for whoever tunes in, like you were definitely meant to hear this and to be in Andrew and I's world. And I will put the links below that I told you about and I will see everyone next time. Thank you so much for being here. Yay.